Good morning. Welcome. Welcome to Celebration. Today, today is our Seder day, our Eucharisteo service. So it's going to look a little bit different than usual. Um, and so we're going to begin this morning. If you have your Bibles, why don't you grab your Bibles this morning and go to Luke. Luke 22. So today's going to look a little bit different than normal. We'll have worship throughout. It's going to be a day of celebrating Jesus together. Luke 22. If you're joining us online this morning, you can get some grape juice handy, some bread. We're going to be celebrating the Lord's Supper, communion, the Seder meal together, but in Luke 22, and I'm going to, actually I'm going to start in verse 15, Luke 22, verse 15, says, then he said to them with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and he gave thanks and said, take and divide it among yourselves, for I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And then he took, he took bread and he gave thanks. Everybody say that, he gave thanks. And he broke it and he gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We call today our Eucharisteo service because that word, gave thanks, the word thanksgiving there is Eucharisteo, that he gave thanks. As we go into the Thanksgiving holiday season, that we give thanks. That word Eucharisteo, it's a, it's a combination of multiple words, but it, it has its root, Eucharisteo, in the word charis or the word grace, that it's the multifaceted grace of God, the multicolored grace of God that's lavished upon us, that enables us to give thanks. If you dig in deeper into that word, it's actually the, the core of that word is the word joy, that that for the joy set before him, Christ endured the cross. He went to Calvary for you and I. That it is the joy of the Lord that sustains us. In 1 Thessalonians, it says to give thanks in all circumstances. Tell somebody actually say, give thanks in all circumstances. So no matter what you're facing, the joy of the Lord did you hear what I said? The joy of the Lord sustains you. It enables you to be thankful. Jesus' joy set before you enables you to be thankful. Jesus was on his way to the cross. He was on his way to Calvary. He was having his final meal with his disciples. And he was able to be thankful in the midst of horror in the middle, in the face of horror, in the face of what was coming his way for the joy that was set before him. He was able to give thanks for what was coming ahead. You know, sometimes we look at life and situations ahead of us and we say, well, I, I don't know if I could be thankful for that. How, how is it possible to be thankful in the middle of this season? Or how is it to be thankful when, you know, holidays get, get hairy sometimes? and uh, family dynamics get rough. How can I be thankful in the middle of that for the joy that was set before? And finding the joy of the Lord will fuel your thankfulness.
thanksgiving. When you have the joy of the Lord as your strength, it will fuel your life of thanksgiving. It energizes your thanksgiving. You know, um, Friday night, we had our Kingdom Builders receptions. We had a great time. Thank you to everyone that came to that. Um, but one of the stories that was shared, I loved it. And I was, I was laughing on the inside when, when the person was sharing this. And I, I won't call them out by name, but those of you that were there will know who it was. And they, they were talking about the joy of the Lord and watching people laugh in service and the joy of the Lord. And they sat there thinking, Lord, is, is the joy, does this dishonor you? You know, they were trying to figure out, is the joy and the laughter really God and does it bring him honor? And, and they said in their story that the Holy Spirit spoke to them and said, if you'll let go of your pain, I'll give you joy. And in that, in that moment, they experienced the joy of the Lord. It was awesome. And I remember that moment. But you know what I think about in that is that we're, we're taught, we're programmed through life that, that joy is not reverent, that joy, you know, you can come to the altar, you come to church, you can cry, you can, you can sit, you can clap, but if you to laugh, somehow you're not, if you're having a good time in church, if you're having joy in the presence of the Lord, somehow there's something wrong. But Jesus in facing his death, when it says that he gave thanks, that core of what he was experiencing, what was happening was joy. It was joy. That thanksgiving, the core of what the word, the very essence of that Greek word is to be joyful. That he faced it with joy. That God still fills our mouths with laughter. That he delivers us out of our Egypt. The Seder meal and the thanksgiving that happens around Seder is all about the thanksgiving, the joy of God's deliverance in our lives. So I want to encourage you today to feast on the joy of the Lord, to dive in, to have another drink today. It's, it's all about drinking in the presence of the Lord, to drink in His goodness, to be saturated in His joy, to be overflowing with thanksgiving. How do you overflow with thanksgiving? You gotta press in, you gotta lean in to the joy of the Lord. So my prayer for you today is that you are absolutely inundated, saturated with his joy, that you are filled to overflowing with the cup of his joy today. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together this morning. We're gonna worship the Lord together as we begin. Father, I thank you that you're pouring out your joy in this house today. Lord, we open up our spirits wide. We open up our hands, our arms, Lord. We say, fill us up, Lord. Fill us up. Come on, why don't you just do that with me this morning? Just lift your hands across this place. If you're joining us online, Lord, fill us up with your joy, with heaven's joy, that you fill my mouth with laughter, my tongue with shouts of joy. Lord, that you've delivered me from the chains of this life, from the bondage of this life. Lord, I've been delivered. I've been set free. I can dance. I can rejoice. I can have fun and enjoy you today. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's worship the Lord together.
Come on, give Jesus praise this morning. Thank you, Lord. We're gonna, I want you to stay standing. We're gonna pray together, but we have a few things I want us to pray for. First off, I gotta tell you, I, I was supposed to tell you last week and I didn't, but some of you may have heard this since then, but Kathy, you know, uh, Kathy Millward was, a couple of weeks ago was hit by a truck, a pickup truck. She was crossing in a crosswalk and got hit by a pickup truck in the crosswalk. And um, she broke her hip, her pelvis, in three places. She was at, the, so, you know, we went to the hospital, all of the things, you know. Well, she went into physical therapy, and they said uh, while she was in physical therapy, you know, she couldn't put any weight on her, on her pelvis because she had broken it, and so they were working with her along those lines. Anyway, so the, the physical therapist, they ran uh, more x-rays and such, and they came back and they said, we don't know why the doctor told you you can't put weight on your pelvis because there's no breaks. There's absolutely no breaks in your pelvis. It's awesome. So she's, she's still recovering. And then uh, some of you know that Justin, uh, we need to pray for Justin, continue to pray for Justin Mackey. Who's been admitted into the hospital with COVID pneumonia, um, but this morning woke up doing better, oxygen levels and everything's doing better. So that's a, a blessing. So we need to continue to pray for him. Um, we just got word this morning that the entire Campisi family, though, is on their way to the hospital to for COVID. Uh, there's three family members that are having str struggling breathing: Shirley, Charlie, and Charles. So they're all on their way. And uh, Art Box's dad has uh, double pneumonia with COVID. So there's a lot going on. <laughs> there's a lot of things spinning. So we just want to pray for all of those folks. Um, we're going to do that here in a moment. Also pray for Heather and I. We're going to be traveling. Uh, we're headed to Louisiana today. And we're going to be preaching on Sunday, at, or well, Saturday and Sunday at Victory. We're doing a Brush Arbor revival meetings. If anybody's familiar with the Cane Ridge revival meetings and Brush Arbor meetings, we're doing an outdoor Brush Arbor revival meetings. It's going to be powerful. So pray for us. And uh, that doesn't mean that you can't come to church. You can still be here. You're going to be here. You're going to worship together. And uh, Sunday, Pastor Brandon's going to be preaching. And uh, then next Sunday, Pastor Grace is going to be preaching without a baby attached. So come out and be a blessing to them. Support them and be a blessing to them. As they minister the word, it's going to be powerful the next couple of weeks. I can't wait to hear all the testimony. It's, it's funny because every time we're gone, we start we get all these text messages about how God showed up and what happened and all these things. And we're like, well, I'm glad that God can move when we're gone. <laughs> it's awesome. has nothing to do with us. <laughs> and we want you to be here. God's going to show up. We want you to as well. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we're worshiping here together, Lord, we lift all of these needs, Lord, from Kathy's continued healing, Lord, to Justin and Jessica, Lord, the Campisi family, all, all of the needs, Lord, needs that we don't even have, have a knowledge of, Lord, that are represented in this room. Father, you know. We know that you know every care, every concern, Lord, every everything that we face. And so, Lord, we lift our, our cares and our concerns before you. And we say, 
We thank you, Jesus, that you're able, that you're the omnipotent one, you're the all-powerful one, that you're the all-wise and all-knowing, you're ever-present. Lord, you're present in the hospital rooms, you're present in the, in the family rooms, Lord, you're present in the, in, the, in the living rooms, in the bedrooms, Lord, wherever people are at right now watching, tuning in, Lord, wherever they're represented, these needs, Lord, heal and restore this morning. Father, we speak over those lungs to function. Lord, we speak over those lungs to function as they were created to. Lord, that every bit of uh, virus and the effects of these viruses would dissipate right now in Jesus' name, that the symptoms would dissipate. Lord, that there'd be clarity in those lungs. Breathing would restore. Oxygen levels go up to where they need to be in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that you're the great healer. Lord, that COVID is not a problem for you, that every, every knee must bow, every disease must bow to the name of Jesus, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Well, you can be seated this morning as we start our, our service with Eucharisteo. At the beginning of the Seder service, family, or the Seder, families would search their house for leaven. Exodus 12 and 19 and 20 says, For seven days no leaven shall be found in your house, since whoever eats what is leavened, that same person shall be caught up, cut off from the congregation of Israel. Whether he is a stranger or a native of the land, you shall eat nothing leavened. In all your dwellings you shall eat unleavened bread. During the Feast of Unleavened Bread, no food containing yeast or leaven is to be consumed, and Many homes and extensive search is conducted prior to Passover and all traces of yeast are cleared from the home. Some would even use a feather to get into the recesses of their cabinets to make sure there's no yeast. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 5, 6 through 8, that do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Therefore purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ our Passover was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So the, the clearing out of the leaven was not just a religious ritual, it was representing the effects of sin. I have some yeast up here. And it's interesting how tiny, you can see maybe a little bit of the seeds in the light there, how tiny this yeast is, and yet just little seeds of, of leaven, just a little bit of leaven, a little bit of yeast leavens the whole lump. And Jesus warns us, he warns us about the effects of sin, just a little bit, just a tiny little bit of sin affects the whole loaf. And so we have to clear out even just the little, even the little things. Be diligent with the things that you see, seem so insignificant to you. In 1 Corinthians, it talked about malice and insincerity. The little things, the little things we have to clear out of our life. The little sins the little things that Jesus wants us to be aware of this morning. And so today as we begin, we're gonna 
as David says, search my heart, O God. So many families, when they did the Passover, would go through the house and it's a fun activity for the kids to find things that have yeast in them and clear them out of the house. So spread out throughout the sanctuary, in your pews there around you are little bags of items with yeast. So why don't, we, why don't you help me find, and if you find something nearby you, bring it to the front. We wanna clear out all the yeast. So if you have something that has yeast in it, there nearby you, just bring it down. My wife's gonna help you. I'm gonna take the feather and clear up my yeast here. got rid of their yeast. Don't hide your yeast. Some of you are like, I got a cookie. I'm keeping this for after service. The Holy Spirit sees you. Don't keep that cookie. Bob, I told you, you can't keep the cookie. The sin's got to go. Exodus 12 and 14 says, this will be a day for you to remember and celebrate as a festival to Adonai from generation to generation. You're to celebrate it. By participating in this tradition today, you can share in the experience of physical and spiritual liberation and redemption. This isn't just something we do. God can meet you today. Have you come to the table feeling shackled by the bonds of daily life? Today's your day to celebrate deliverance for the God who delivered the Egyptians. The God who delivered the Egyptians is the same God, the Israelites out of the Egyptians. That's why you weren't saying amen. I couldn't say it right. The same God that delivered the Israelites out of the Egyptians. He's the same God yesterday. He's the same God yesterday. The same God that delivered yesterday is the same God who can deliver today. They say, well, you don't know what I'm dealing with. The same God who brought the Egyptians, brought the Israelites out of the Egyptian army, standing at the Red Sea, same God. The same God who said, I'll deal with Pharaoh. The same God who's ruling and reigning on your behalf today. He's ruling and reigning. He's delivering forever. Not only is he, not only was he the deliverer, not only is he today the deliverer. Ah, I'm gonna preach. Not only was he the deliverer, he is the alpha and the omega. He's the first and the last. He's the beginning and the ending. Not only did he deliver in the past, he's delivering me today. And he'll deliver me permanently and forever for all eternity. He's going to, my God, there's coming a day where the trumpet is going to sound. 
Uh, you don't hear what I'm saying. You're not here this morning. There's coming a day. You see, He's delivered me from my sin and my present, but there's coming a day where he's going to grab me up out of this life. He's going to jerk me out up out of this world. Gravity is going to let loose off of this body. A trumpet's going to sound, and there's going to be a shout from heaven. And my permanent, finally, and forever deliverance shall come. He's going to be my deliverer forever. My wife's going to come. The lady of the house always begins the ceremony, so she's going to light the candles as we begin. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe. You have sacrificed us, sanctified us. You have sanctified us with your commandments and instructed us concerning the removal of the leaven. Blessed are you, O Lord, King of the universe. You have sanctified us by your word and given us Yeshua, our Messiah and commanded us to be a light to the world. As a woman begins the cedar by bringing light to the table, let us remember that God used a woman to bring forth our Messiah, the light of the world. serve the first cup which will begin our meal we're going to begin by singing a song of repentance and purification together so please don't drink wait for everyone to be served we'll drink together but it's a a song and the cup of sanctification that the lord would purify us and cleanse us today as we begin i'm going to ask those who are serving to join me at the Take me past the outer court into the holy place, past the brazen altar.
this together. Put it up on the screen. Exodus 6. Blessed. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, ruler of the universe, who has chosen us out of all the people of the world and made us holy through your word. With love, you have given us commandments to follow, festivals for rejoicing, holidays for gladness, and this feast of Passover, an anniversary to remember our freedom, and this season of deliverance to remember the departure from Egypt. You have chosen us, you have given us this holy festival with loving kindness and blessed us with your favor. The cup is a symbol of joy, and as we drink this cup, we are reminded of the joy which is ours as a result of our salvation. Let us lift our cup to the Lord. And let's say this together. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe who creates the fruit of the vine. Let's drink together. You can be seated this morning. The next step of the Passover meal was washing of the hands. Titus tells us he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. This is a symbolic act of purification, an imitation of the priest who had to wash his hands in the laver provided that for the purpose before he offered sacrifices to enter into the Holy of Holies the most holy place of the temple to which the high priest alone had entrance. We all have been given entrance into the presence 
through Yeshua's sacrifice. In John 13, we see that Yeshua even washed his disciples' feet at their Seder as a lesson of humility. It's interesting that as a part of the Jewish traditions that they would wash their hands, but Jesus at the Last Supper took up the towel and washed not just their hands, but their feet. It was an act of humility, but it was a demonstration of what he was really doing. That it, was, it wasn't just the hands. Remember what Peter's response was? He, don't, don't wash my feet, Lord, don't do it. And Jesus said, if I don't wash you, you'll have no part of me. It wasn't about an external cleansing. It wasn't just about an external washing. Jesus was telling Peter that I've come to wash you from the inside out. I've come to cleanse you of your sin and your unrighteousness. I've come to purify your heart. And so as we wash our hands at the Seder, we're reminded that Jesus, Yeshua, washes not just our hands, not just our feet, but he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So let's pray this prayer together today. They'll put it on the screen for you. Help me out, media. Let's pray it together. Lord, we pray that our hearts also will be clean before you and not just our hands, for it is written, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord or who shall stand in his holy place? He that has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul into vanity nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. So why don't you hold out your hands right where you're at and just ask the Lord as we're praying together, ask him to cleanse you, to, pur to purge you, to purify you, to wash you. so you can't see where I hide it. Close your eyes. No cheating. Remember, we remove the sin. Right. So I've hidden it somewhere in the room because it's going to be ransomed or found later in the Seder. There were always three matzahs wrapped together for Passover with various explanations on the tradition. The rabbis called the three a unity, representing the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
or the priests, the Levites, and the people of Israel, but we know as believers in Jesus that it's symbolism of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The middle matzah represents Jesus, Yeshua, whose body was afflicted and buried, pierced and striped, just like the matzah. If you look at the bread, it's, it's bruised, it's striped, and his body was broken in half for our sin. traditional recitation begins with the following words. This is the bread of affliction, which our ancestors ate in the land of Egypt. May all who are hungry come and eat. May all who are needy come and celebrate the Passover with us. Let's recite this together. Come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money, without cost. We thank you, Jesus, that you are our bread of affliction, that you are our bread of affliction, that your body was broken for our salvation, that you were pierced for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon you. By your stripes, I am healed. Thank you, Jesus. In Exodus 12 and verse 26, it says, when your children ask, what does this ceremony mean to you? Then you tell them. What does this mean when your children ask what this means and you tell them? The very essence of the biblical observances is to pass from generation to generation, the miracles and faithfulness of our God. It is both a duty and a privilege to answer these four questions the children would ask when we recount the works of God. So the, the children would ask these four questions and I'm gonna ask our media team to put them up on the screen and we're gonna read them together, the four questions that the children would ask. Why is this night different from all other nights? You can recite this with me. On this night, why do we eat only matzah? On this night, why do we eat only bitter herbs? On this night, why do we dip twice? And on this night, why do we only recline? I'm gonna ask those who are gonna reply to these questions, our readers to come forward and join me on the stage. They're gonna read and answer these questions together. Today is different because we remember that our people were slaves in Egypt under Pharaoh. And our God brought us out with strength and the might of his hand. If God had not brought us out, we would still be slaves in Egypt. We would not be a people. And in the fullness of time came the Lamb of God, a son of Jacob, and in him we have our redemption. It is a story of God's love and his justice and care. For those who are poor and whose hope is in him, the matzah reminds us of the haste which our ancestors left Egypt. The dough had not the time to rise, but it was baked hard and flat in the desert sun. The bitter herbs remind us of the bitterness of the bondage of slavery. We remember also that the Messiah, our Passover, has set us free from the bitterness of the bondage of sin. We dip twice, first as a symbol of replacing our tears with joy, 
And second, to season the taste of bitterness, knowing that Yeshua is our sweetness in the bitter times of life. We'd recline at the table as a symbol of a free man who could eat in leisure. At the Seder, they'd have a pillow and reclined against the pillow as a reminder that we're leaning secure, trusting in God. Let's recite this together. Blessed be God. Blessed be God who has given us Yeshua, our Passover lamb, who has set us free from the bitterness of the bondage of sin. To avoid a terrible famine, God led our ancestors to the land of Egypt to find sustenance. This is a story in which God's great providence is demonstrated. Joseph suffered many hardships. His brothers, the sons of Jacob, sold him into slavery, telling his father he was dead. He was imprisoned in Egypt on false charges, but Joseph kept himself pure and continued to trust in God. And God raised Joseph to the highest position in the land of Egypt under Pharaoh to be the source of provision for his family. Joseph's brothers came to Egypt during a time of famine and didn't recognize their brother Joseph. And Joseph taught them a lesson. They were reunited in love and his family came to Egypt to survive the famine. later a pharaoh arose who did not know joseph he oppressed the israelites forcing them into slavery the original 70 had increased greatly and pharaoh feared that their numbers would be added to his enemies he not only kept them enslaved but he also slew the male babies to keep their numbers small moses however was saved by his mother sending him down the nile in a basket he was found and raised by pharaoh's daughter Later in his life, Moses rose up and defended his people and had to flee for his life to the land of Midian. In Hebrews 11, we read that Moses chose being mistreated along with God's people rather than enjoying the passing pleasures of sin. He had come to regard abuse suffered on behalf of the Messiah as greater riches than the treasures of Egypt for he kept his eyes fixed on the reward. It was in the land of Midian that God, from the burning bush, called Moses to lead the exodus of his people. He gave Moses his promise of special intervention to counter the stubborn, rebellious heart of Pharaoh, who would not heed God's voice. There were many plagues visited upon the Egyptians to force them to free our people. In this, we know of all of God's mercy to the oppressed. Finally, after 10 great plagues, Pharaoh allowed the people freedom. Although he changed his mind many times, it was only the death of the firstborn of the sons of Egypt that finally brought deliverance. The Hebrew people were protected as they had followed God's word. They had obeyed God's instructions and taken a lamb, one for each household. 
They had slain the Passover lamb and applied its blood to their doorposts. And when God saw the blood of the lamb upon the door of the house, he passed over and all were spared. Even so, we must at our meal imagine that night and the danger of our firstborn, as if we were there. The angel of death passed over because of the sacrificed lamb, but the sons of Egypt are destroyed. Even so, God has passed over us and freed us from his judgment through Messiah, our Passover. God alone worked salvation for us. By the strength of his own arm, he redeemed mankind. Though Pharaoh let the people go, he recanted once more. He sent his armies to recapture the children of Israel. However, it was then that God parted the waters for Israel to pass through. Pharaoh's men followed, only to be swallowed and drowned by the return of the waters. The exodus from Egypt was complete. Israel was free. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's recite this together. The exodus from Egypt is a type of the greater exodus from the slavery of sin we have through our Messiah. As the ancient Israelites did, we now look to a greater promised land, the land of resurrection and eternal life, which shall be ours at the return of our Messiah. When men defy the will of God, they bring pain and suffering upon themselves. The law of God brings blessing and prosperity. Messiah Yeshua said, I have not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. Not one jot or tittle shall pass from the law until it is all fulfilled. Where'd my readers go? <laughs> they got excited. Y'all still have more story to tell. Egypt. Egypt received the judgment of God for defying God's command. We also know that the plagues were intended to demonstrate to the Egyptians that their gods were not gods at all and were powerless against the one true God. And yet, because all people are created in God's image, we mourn the destruction they suffered. Indeed, we mourn for all who in turning from God reap the sad fruit of destruction and loss. The psalmist said, my cup overflows. A full cup symbolizes fullness of joy. But when others turn from God and suffer as did Pharaoh, we cannot be full of joy. Therefore, even our joy is diminished as we recall the plagues God used to obtain our freedom. We have tasted the bread of affliction and the bitter herbs which remind us of the Israelites, deep sorrow and the haste of their flight out of Egypt. But what of the Passover lamb? At this time in the Seder, the people would remember the plagues and dip their fingers into the cup of juice 
and diminish it for each of the 10 plagues. I'll diminish my juice, but let's recite the plagues together. And as we do that, I will diminish that. So if many of you could put that up. The plagues. There you go. Let's recite the plagues together. Blood, frogs, Yes, it would have been enough. It would have been more than enough had he simply rescued us from slavery. Yes, it would have been enough, but he did far more than this. He brought us through the sea to stand upon dry land. It would have been enough, more than enough, but then he met every need in the desert. For 40 years, he provided. He provided food, manna from heaven, gave us water, made our clothes last throughout the 40 years. It would have been enough, but more than this, he did provide. He gave us a day of rest and he gave us his law. He gave us his law that we might know the fullness of his will and promises and how to live as a people set apart for him alone. All these things he provided for us. It would have been enough for him just to deliver us, but more than this he did. In the fullness of time, in accordance with his promise that he made through the law, he sent his Messiah for his people who became our sacrifice and way to salvation. Let's recite Psalms 113 and praise the Lord together. It begins with hallelujah. Hallelujah, servants of Adonai, Give praise, give praise to the name of Adonai from this moment on and forever. From sunrise until sunset, Adonai's name is to be praised. Adonai is high above all nations, his glory above the heavens. Who is like Adonai, our God, seated in the heights, humbling himself to look on heaven and earth? He raises the poor from the dust, lifts the needy from the rubbish heap, in order to give him a place among princes, among the princes of his people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise him. Come on, praise the Lord. Come on, praise Jesus. At this time, we're going to serve the next cup, the cup of praise. And I'm going to invite you to praise the Lord with us this morning as we serve this cup. Wait until everyone's been served to drink together.
like you to find somebody there next to you and tell them something you're thankful for. Give thanks to the Lord for something today. Share it with someone nearby you this morning. Together, blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who creates the fruit of the vine. Amen. Let's drink together. joyful yet. Keep drinking. <laughs> Have a drink. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you, Jesus, that you've redeemed us. You've redeemed my life out of the pit. Woo, thank you, Lord. I've been delivered. <laughs> yes, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> okay, y'all, I got to make it through. <laughs> okay, we did that. <laughs> I got to wash my hands now. Hebrews 10.22 says, let us draw near to God. <laughs> let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. prescribed way of washing the hands that were told that 20 seconds and your wrist and all that, that was God's prescribed way of washing their hands in, at the temple. So this has been going on. I think God knows what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, even in the small details of just how to wash your hands. There was, and that was before there was ever science around killing of bacteria by washing your hands. That this is some of you all will find that fascinating. Others of you don't care. That's okay. Just wash your hands. Get an eye watch. It'll tell you to wash your hands. And in the fullness of time, he brought forth our Messiah, the true bread that came down from heaven, the manna of our lives and the fulfillment of the law. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He cares for us. He protects us. He leads us. 
We are aliens and strangers, a priestly people of God. How great and numerous are the kindnesses which our Lord has shown us. For each act of goodness, we're grateful. In preparation for the meal, we washed our hands and we recite this blessing. Why don't you, even as we're doing this, why don't you just lift your hands and just thank the Lord that he washes us and cleanses us. Thank you, Jesus, that you cleanse us. Lord, you make us holy. You give us your righteousness. You've sanctified us. You've set us apart, a peculiar people, a chosen people, aliens and strangers in this land. Our home is not in this life, but we're of an eternal heavenly kingdom. Thank you, Lord, that we're just passing through and on the journey in this life. You protect us, you provide for us, you care for us. Your tender mercies are new and fresh every morning. We wake up every day and breathe you in. We wake up every day and see your goodness on our life. We wake up every day and see the blessing in the hand of our Messiah, our Yeshua, our, our Adonai, our King, our Lord on our lives. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. At this time, I'm gonna serve the matzah with bitter herbs. The, we serve the matzah with horseradish as a reminder of the, of the haste, the deliverance, the bitterness and the sorrow that was in the deliverance, but also the rejoicing and the haste in which they left. And so to serve the, the matzah, I'm gonna ask, we're gonna dismiss section by section to come forward and uh, Cliff and Car uh, Bob are gonna help me, but we're gonna go from section to section to serve the bitter herbs. While we do that, why don't you worship with us?
bitter herbs. As sweet as our life of freedom is today, let us remember the bitterness of past generations. Let us remember the bitterness of our sin. As we put a small amount of horseradish on a piece, piece of matzah, let us allow the bitter taste to bring tears to our eyes and allow compassion to come into our hearts for those who have suffered bondage and oppression. Let us remember those who are in bondage to sin. Let us remember that we have been liberated from the bondage of our sin. At the Last Supper, this is where Judas would have been handed the bitter herbs from Yeshua and would have left to betray him. Jesus took the bitter herbs of betrayal. Jesus took the bitter herbs of betrayal for you and I, that he could go to Calvary, that he would give up his life and lay down his life as a sacrifice for you and I. Jesus, we thank you that you've taken the punishment of our sin. We remember, we remember, Lord, that we were once in bondage. We were once enslaved, but you've delivered us. You've brought us out of the pit of despair. Jesus, we thank you that you took the bitter herbs of betrayal so that we could be liberated today. Let's eat together. At a traditional Passover, they would do this twice. We're only gonna do it once. And for those of you who don't like horseradish, you're like, amen. (laughs) But they would do this twice as a remembrance of the freedom from bondage, that they were once in bondage. And then usually they would have something sweet at that point to remind them of the sweetness of the hope in God. This is also the point where the Passover meal would be served. Um, And the meal would be a a lavish meal from anything you could think of. I mean, massive meal of celebration. It was a celebration of freedom, a celebration of deliverance. So today we don't have a meal. (laughs) Although some lamb sounds great. We don't have a meal today, but today we're gonna remember our deliverance, our freedom, and celebrate together and give thanksgiving together in our offering. So we're gonna bring our offerings to the Lord as a celebration and a thanksgiving. So I'm gonna ask my wife to come. She's gonna give you some instruction about the Christmas boxes, as well as the offering and upcoming happenings. Christmas several years ago, um, the board um, and the ministers came together and um, discussed, you know, really the October is Pastoral Appreciation Month and um, then Christmas is right after. And so we just began to discuss what is the best way to approach it. You know, our job as ministers is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Our job is to teach, right? 
And um, how many of you know when we moved to Ohio, we began to change culture, biblically change culture. And one of the things is our responsibility is to teach the church how to honor one another. You know, we saw that Friday night in our Kingdom Builders uh, reception. You know, we want to build up one another in love. And one of the ways that we are to build one another up is to honor our leaders, to honor those who sacrifice their lives for the lives of those around us. And so that's what the Christmas boxes are all about. If you're new to celebration, every single year we have boxes and envelopes that line the front. And in just a minute, we're going to take time and you can come and pick boxes and envelopes up. And every envelope represents a staff minister or their spouse, and every box represents one of the staff children. And when we began to discuss it years ago, it really is about that one of us isn't just called. It's not just Pastor Grace called, it's Pastor Grace and Joe, and all five children. That we, we teach, and really here we do, we teach our families how to serve one another in love. And so it's the church's way. We don't do pastor appreciation through October because we, we combine all of it to this December time, that it's, it's our way to honor our staff. And we, every year, pick envelopes and boxes as well to honor those who labor among us. And so I want to read this scripture. It's 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 12 from the New Living Translation. And it says, Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work, they work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with each other. And so really that's what we do, you know. Um, every year I begin prayerfully, you know, approaching the Lord about this around September and ask him, you know, who am I to honor? How am I to honor them? And it's become this joy of what do I get to do this year? Because it's been such a blessing to the staff and their spouses, as well as the children, to see the church come in honor as we labor um, for our body. So we're going to go ahead and give you time now, right in the middle of our Eucharisteo service, if you want to take a box. So what happens is in each envelope, there's a note that says what minister you have and some things they like to do. And it's up to you whether or not you want to do gift cards for those things or you want to ask the Lord, hey, I know them, or the Lord's speaking to you specifically about a gift. And then you bring it to the office um, or you bring it to church and we put it in the office and we give everything to the staff and their families after the Christmas party. Um, and then in each box, there's a note that says what child you have, what their age is, things that they're into, and then you get to decide what goes in the box and you bring it back. And again, we give everything to everyone all at one time um, after the Christmas party um, coming up on December 15th. So if you'd like to take an envelope or a Christmas box, you can go ahead and come now and pick those up.
All of the boxes and envelopes are due back on or before December 5th. You can just bring them up and stick them on the stage and we'll make sure that they get put away. Um, if for some reason you can't be here that day and you have a box or an envelope, just shoot the office a message and let us know that you have it and you plan on bringing it so we can make arrangements. Um, and if for some reason you get a box or an envelope and circumstances happen and you're like, Pastor, I can't, I want to, but I can't, then bring it back. Let us know. We'll be happy to um, take care of that. And then um, oftentimes people say, hey, Pastor, I don't shop well, so can I give you money and let you shop? Why, yes. Anyone that's been around here a long time knows I love to shop. So absolutely. But um, you can put that in the offering and just mark it um, the Christmas and we'll make sure it gets to that fund and we'll make sure that every single box and every envelope is full and that our staff is abundantly blessed. Amen. Thank y'all for, for that um, act of love every year. We're going to get ready to receive our tithes and offerings. I'm super excited to share this with you today. So Proverbs 3 Starting in verse 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him all, and he will direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns, everybody say my barns. my barns. So your barns will be full, filled with plenty, and your vats overflowing with new wine. That's a good word. That's a good word. And that word applies to you and I today. Today. You know, I've been on this journey. For, I've been on this journey for a long time. But I've been on this journey with the Lord and a very specific journey and he has given me very specific things to do and and as I've been trusting in him along the journey step by step knowing it's him come on but like not knowing the path right not knowing the plans and you're just trusting in him and next thing you know last week I found out that the very thing the Lord spoke to me to do became available and so I said okay I'm gonna do it and so I put myself out there and out of 10 people, I got an interview. And out of those people that got an interview, within the first 24 hours, they still haven't let everybody know who's accepted. Within 24 hours, I got my acceptance letter. And then I started going, dear God, this came available like a week ago. We're going, like my car light's on, my dishwasher's broken, my sink has a big sprout that's bursting out. My plumber's in the hospital. I can't, I, my dad, I said, dad, can I fix it? He goes, don't try. <laughs> We're going across country. God, now's not the time to spend a few extra thousand, but you said, and he began to remind me how I've been faithful with my first fruits. I even went a month ago to check our tithes and offerings to make sure we were giving enough. Come on. This is before any of this ever happened. This is how God works. He, he, had, he was checking my heart. And so when this opportunity came, I already knew, God, I have been faithful. I have been faithful. And you say that I will not lack. You've placed it in my lap. You're going to make a way for me. I don't have the finances, God. I don't know how I'm going to do this. But I'm trusting in you, Jesus. And so the 
there's a scholarship. Remember, 10,000 people wanted in. Only 1,000 got an interview. I got accepted in 24 hours, and they said, you know, we do offer scholarships, but they're so few and far between. Most people don't get them at all. And so just plan on paying the full amount. Figure out how you're going to pay several thousand dollars in a moment's notice. And the Lord said, send the, send the scholarship application. I wrote a three-page essay, man. I wrote a vision and mission statement. I wrote the business plan, sent it in. And less than 24 hours later, I got the full scholarship. And why do I share it with you? Because there wasn't a way to make it happen. There wasn't a way to make it happen. God has called and placed you and I and positioned us for things in this world where there isn't a natural option. But we can't look at the circumstances and say, oh, woe is me, it's too big. We have to look at how big our God is. Our God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. It's all His. It's all His. And as we align ourselves with Him, as we align ourselves with His Word, honor Him, honor Jesus with our first fruits and your vats will overflow with new wine. He's faithful. So as we go into the holiday season, honor Him in all that we do. Don't honor Amazon. Don't honor, come on, don't honor the grocery store. Honor Jesus first. And He's going to take care of our households. He's going to take care of everything that you and I need and more. And more. So we're going to get ready with joy to receive our thanksgiving tithes and offerings. We're going to bring the plates up front. We also have the offering box in the, in the foyer. If you're online or, or you want to give electronically in the service, you can go to our website, www.ccakron.org forward slash give. It'll walk you through how to give. It's super simple. You can text. It's Cash App. It's Venmo. Apple Pay, super easy, but honor the Lord today and watch what he begins to do in your life. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you, Lord, for overflowing my household. I thank you, Lord, that it's overflowing into this church, into each and every household, and each and every family. Lord, bless your people as we honor you, the King of kings and the Lord of our lives. Why don't you stand with me? Let's worship him together. Let's honor him in our giving. You can bring your offerings down. I search the world.
ask those who are serving to come help me serve. Go ahead. this time, by the way, you just received the cup of redemption. Just hold on to it for a moment. It was at this time that the hidden matzah would be searched for and found. So this was the piece of bread that was in the, the middle. It was broken, representing Christ, our Passover lamb. It was a representation that Christ, who was buried, he was hidden, and then he was resurrected and seen by men. It was at this point in the Last Supper that this would have been the place in the Seder meal, this would have been the place where Christ instituted the Last Supper. We pick up the Last Supper and the and the drinking and the, the, the cup of joy, the cup of redemption as we move forward. So you'll notice some of the similarities as we move forward. We're thankful. We remember Jesus' sacrifice. So... Can you find the hidden manna? Can someone, you have to look around you, see if you see the, who can find it? We need Jesus to be resurrected. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Pastor Grace found the bread, not Jesus. We're glad she... (laughs) I started to say she found Jesus. Finally, she found Jesus. <laughs> Finally, after all this time, <laughs> it was it was at a Eucharisteo service at 688 Dan Street where I found the Lord. <laughs> the third cup has traditionally been a cup of celebration for freedom and deliverance that comes from God.
he has redeemed us. In Matthew 26, 28, he said, this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins, the cup of redemption. This was the cup. This was the cup where Jesus at the last supper took the cup. He said, this is the blood. This is the blood of the new covenant that's been poured out for many. For the Israelites coming out of Egypt, it was the Passover lamb that had been sacrificed and the blood placed on the doorpost. But for you and I, it's that last supper where Jesus said, this is the cup. So let's recite this together. O Lord, our God, we wish to give you thanks for all your good gifts and the freedom you have purchased for us, which comes through the mighty working of your spirit. We pray that you will give strength to your chosen people, bless them with peace, and may we never depart from your ways. We are about to drink of the third cup in gratitude for the freedom which the Lord granted and in thankfulness for the earth's bounties from which we have eaten. We thank you, Adonai, in the name of our Messiah, the Lord, Yeshua. Thank you, Jesus, for the cup of redemption. Let's drink together. <clears throat> I think I could drink more of the cup of redemption. <laughs> There's one other cup at the table, and it was the place, it was called the place of Elijah. There was a, there was a seat that was left open. There was a seat that was prepared, but it was left open. It was prophesied that Elijah would return to prepare the way of the Messiah. It is said that this seat was occupied by Messiah during the Last Supper, that this is actually where Jesus would have sat during the Last Supper. And so we say today collectively, even so, come Lord Jesus. You can come Lord. Just, just as there was a prophecy about the coming of Elijah preparing the way, we, we know the Messiah's come. We know that he's come, that he's risen. He's the resurrected one. Matthew 26, 20, 29, Jesus said, I tell you, I will not drink from the fruit of this vine from now on, until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. The last cup that we're gonna celebrate together is the cup of acceptance. We've been redeemed. We've been purchased. And there's a place at the table for you and I. Jesus, by his blood, has made room for you and I at the table. It's the cup of acceptance that we celebrate together that Christ has come that this, we're not looking for another prophet. We're not looking for another Messiah. The Christ, the anointed one has come and we're celebrating that. And by, by his sacrifice, he's made room for us at the table. Exodus 6, 7 says, I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. I'm gonna ask those who are helping me serve this cup to come forward and help me serve the final cup. And let's worship together as we do.
what you've been accepted into. You're a joint heir with Christ. You've been adopted. You've been brought in. Your name's written in the Lamb's book of Jesus. Jesus, and we look towards that day where we see you. Lord, not only have we been accepted into the family now, but Lord, we're, we're waiting for that day where we'll sit down with you for all eternity. There's gonna be a feast. There's gonna be a celebration the marriage supper of the Lamb. We're looking forward to that day, that celebration, where we sit down together face to face. Lord, not just celebrating in memory, not just giving thanks in memory of what you've done, but sitting with you, rejoicing with you, feasting with you face to face. Thank you, Jesus, that you've accepted us, that you've called us chosen, that you've redeemed us, that you've purchased us. Lord, when we didn't deserve it, while we were still enemies, you loved us. You died for us. Thank you, Jesus. We celebrate this morning for all that you've done. In your precious name, amen. Let's drink together. Let's sing it. There's no God like Jehovah. 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 There's no 
Hallelujah. Happy Thanksgiving. God bless you. Have a great holiday season. On your way out, tell somebody that you love them, you appreciate them, and tell somebody something you're thankful for on your way out the doors. God bless you. There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah.